Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul Podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, I have Jonathan England. He is an author, speaker, and breakthrough mentor who helps people transform their lives by shifting their perspective. Jonathan has an inspiring story of pain to purpose, and Jonathan is putting his principles and beliefs into action by creating an entirely self-sustained, consciousness-driven living complex in Costa Rica. Jonathan is building a culture where people live their lives directed by spirit and alignment in service to each other and to the greater whole around a central prosperous economy in the earth waking echo village. They even have their own currency. Jonathan's also going to share with us his international best-selling book, If I Die Before I Wake, The Five-Step Roadmap to Enlightenment, Prosperity, and Your Life's Purpose. Hi, Jonathan. Hey there. How you doing? Great, how are you? I'm good. Nice to meet you, Shanna. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Can't wait to hear about this big movement you have. I share the same desire. Yeah. Yeah, tell me your story. Where do you come from? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Well, that's where I was born, and then I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. When I was 12 years old, I had an older brother who was 16, and he died of muscular dystrophy, uh, which it's a terminal disease, so he had it his whole life. So I always knew that he was going to die. I'd been preparing for it my whole life. I wasn't actually preparing the way that I would be preparing now. Back then, I was preparing to be able to pack and stack, to be able to numb myself to the pain of the experience. And that's basically what happened. Uh, I was holding his hand when he died and I didn't cry. I didn't, it was just, when going into the room, my mom told me to tell my brother that it's okay for him to die because she said, he's only holding on for us. So just go tell him it's okay to die. And so I told him that, but inside of me, it wasn't okay for him to die. So I had to put on a mask and and then I, because I'm saying it, I have to, I have to be what I'm saying. So it was an illusion. And I said, it's okay to die. And then he dies. And, and then I'm just like, Oh, okay. Now what? And my whole world just got completely flipped upside down because my identity had been built around kind of like being his hero. Uh, he was my older brother, but he was in a wheelchair most of his life. You know, I had to, feed him the last couple of years of his life. He couldn't even take care of himself. So I'd built kind of like an identity around being a hero. And then he's, he's gone. I'm like, well, what am I? Who am I? And I, I just formed this belief subconsciously. I wasn't aware of it, but it was that life is meaningless. There's no God. And I failed love. There's nothing I could do because, because my family had already split up because like my parents got divorced because my brother was going to die when I was yeah, five years old. So it was kind of subconsciously, I was thinking if I could just save my brother, I could save my family. And now my brother's gone. So I can't save my family. I can't put my family back together. So it was just this hopelessness. 
And that's what started my journey into the darkness. I became a broke, ignorant, blackout, drunk, atheist, beach bum for like 20 years. It was like, that's it. You know, I was just, I was numbing. I was, I was numbing the pain because I didn't want to feel how bad it felt. But again, it was completely unconscious. I didn't even know that I was running away from it. I didn't know that's why I was blackout drunk every night. I was just unconscious doing whatever the world says to do. How I began to wake up was on January 1st, 1215, like 15 minutes after New Year's, I got a DUI. And so that was kind of a start, but it starts out as a feather stroke. If you don't get the feather stroke, it's the nudge. If you don't get the nudge, then it's the shove. If you don't get the shove, it's the two by four. So I had already gotten many feather strokes, nudges and shoves. But then August 24th of that same year, I was driving blackout drunk. I didn't know I was driving because I was blackout drunk. I, I became aware that I was driving when I rear-ended a car to stoplight. And so I came to, I'm like, what just happened? Where am I at? I'm like, oh crap, I'm driving right now. And I tried to turn and run, but there was a cop sitting at the stoplight at that same stoplight that was right there and you know chased me about a half a mile. And then I'm like, all right, I can't get away. And so I, I gave up, I couldn't run anymore and went to jail and sitting in jail that's when I could no longer run. I could no longer hide. I could no longer numb. It was just me and me. And then I was sitting in there just feeling my disgust for myself. And like now nobody got hurt, but they could have gotten hurt in that accident. And I'm very aware of that. I'm like, like, cause I actually had a, a, a friend who at that exact same stoplight was driving blackout drunk and he T-boned someone and actually killed someone at that exact same stoplight. So now I'm very aware, like that could have, like, I could have done that. I could have been the person that did that. And so it was very, you know, intense. Something has to change. What I realized, I heard a voice saying, John, you could have killed somebody. I'm like, yes, I know. But no, listen, John, you could kill somebody. Yes, I know. I'm already beating myself up enough. I don't need to hear it anymore. But it was like, wait a minute, I'm telling you something. This is going to shift. And the, the voice starts saying, you could kill somebody, which means, your decisions, if your one of your decisions can hurt somebody, what can another one of your decisions do, John? I said, well, it could help somebody. Oh, wait a minute. So if my decisions could hurt somebody or help somebody, that means that my decisions actually matter. And if my decisions matter, then that actually means that I matter. And if I matter, maybe life isn't meaningless. And that was a moment that in that one instant, because all change happens in an instant, the moment that you decide and and make a new decision so that was the moment that i decided and turned onto a new path and i started coming out so what i'm describing to you right now is in my book i've got these five levels of consciousness or five states of conscious orientation it's a roadmap that everyone goes through well most people never make it past level one about 10 percent of the people get into level two and then like one percent go level three and beyond but currently it's it's shifting now in the collective as we're going through this big upheaval of suffering that's about to the, that humanity is about to step into the darkest times we've ever experienced but which is negative but it's also the seed of an equal or greater opportunity there's a positive on the other side of it so what i just described to you was my moment of going from level one to level two when i made a new decision that from this moment forward all my actions are going to help people not hurt people and so i started setting goals and uh became very successful so that was the beginning of my journey wow God, I'm so sorry about your brother. So was he your only sibling? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so for, but for the, oh, so I was saying that I spent my whole life preparing for him, him to die. 
but I was preparing under false presumption that mm-hmm. it was he wasn't supposed to die or it was something wrong with him dying because it, my first memory is uh, when I'm like three years old, I was laying in my, in the bed and I just like, was like freaking out. I'm like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. A little three-year-old kid. And I ran into my parents' room like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. But I like had this sensation of actually dying. And I'm like, no, I can't die. No, it's like, no, it's nothingness. I can't. And it was like freaking me out at three years old. But the reason being is because my parents had already told me that my brother was going to die young and they wanted to prepare me for that. But they said it in a sense as if it was a bad thing. It's an illusion that it's a bad thing that, that a body dies. That's what bodies do. But my brother didn't die. His body died. And that's what I didn't understand until full circle. So I said earlier that my last words to my brother was, it's okay to die. But his last words to me I couldn't hear. I heard the words, but I didn't know what what they meant. I didn't know what he was saying until 20 years later. So his last words to me after I said, Matthew, it's okay to die. Matthew says to me, John, I'm not dying. I'm waking up. He said this. He said this life is just a dream. And I was only supposed to be here for a short time, but I'm waking up now. I've been stuck in this wheelchair. I haven't been able to run, play. I haven't been able to be a kid. I'm going to heaven where I'm going to be a, a child being able to play in the kingdom. And this is a great thing. And I'm like, but I didn't hear that back then. I I heard the words, but I'm like, no, this is horrible. This is a horrible thing. Again, I became a broke, ignorant, blackout, drunk, atheist, beach bum because of my brother's death. But in my subconscious, you know, in my unconscious and everything, it's because I love my brother so much. But but that's what the world has programmed us to do. Well, you've got to really feel pain if you love somebody and and you lose them. Uh, so that's what I was. I was living the program of the de- indoctrination, domestication that we've been programmed into through our educational system and everything that just the whole society st- structure. But once I started to become conscious and I started to think about it, I was like, wait a minute. If I was my brother. And he was the one that was still here. And I'm like, just chilling in heaven and, and love. Everything's great, except for I'm looking down at my brother who's. Blackout, drunk, suffering, rearing in cars at stoplights because he's drunk, but because I died, is that what I would want? Like, no, that's not what I would want. So I was saying it was for him, but it wasn't. Because if it was truly for him, what he would have wanted was for me to just enjoy life, just live life to the fullest. Realize, hey, you've only got so much time. Time's an illusion, but the clock's ticking. Use those moments. Go deep in every moment. That's what he would have wanted me to do. So that's what I'm doing now. And now I, I heard what he said. And so now I realize I didn't actually, I didn't lose my brother. I only lost what he's not. I didn't lose what he is. So as you start to awaken, you realize that you're not a human being that might occasionally have a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. And it's the shifting of that identity. What are you identifying with the body or the soul? And my brother dying was actually the most helpful thing that I could have possibly experienced for me to start to identify with my soul. Cause now I'm identified with his and now he's here with me right now. There's no separation it, only in time is there an illusion of separation, but in eternity, in the truth, there is no separation. And so now I'm now I live from the truth in time, and uh, that was a helpful thing that ha- that happened for me to tune tune in to the truth and live from the truth in time. Wow, death can be like our greatest teacher. I I've had very similar experience with my father. I was with him and I also told him he could die 
I've also said, like, he gave me birth twice, once in my life and once in his death, because it was that much of an impact on my life. And, you know, it's interesting as a child, how they perceive death without the ideas. My um, youngest child, I have four kids, but my youngest, by the time she was five, I had lost most of the most important people in my life. Like she had grown up watching me grieve. She saw death as like a normal thing. In fact, so much that she came to me when she was like four and was like, I'm going to miss you so much when you go. <laughs> like she just thought we were dropping like flies, yeah. <laughs> but it, it changed her spiritually. And of course I never told her it was finite. By that time I was awakened and I'd done a lot of things spiritually for myself with her. I look at my older kids and I didn't. So it's so interesting to see the different generations and who I was as a mom, who I am today. But there were times where she taught me because of the things I had taught her. I shouldn't even say I taught her that she just experienced with death and, and grieving it. One time I was just devastated. It was over my dad. And she came to me and she's like, mommy, he will always be with you. Yeah. She's like this small little human and telling me this. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Like, I know that, but you know that it's just, it's interesting how she was not so conditioned yet. However, what we're told to believe we do when we're younger. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that would put fear in you about like when he would die or how he yeah. would die or what day it would be. Yeah. Cause uh, again, they shared, hey, your brother's going to die and then getting divorced because they just can't deal with the fact that their son's going to die. So it was like, this is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. It's like so ingrained and into me from every angle. Like, so then to go tell my brother after my whole life, my parents and my everybody's been programming me to think this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Now I'm the one that's supposed to go in there as a 12 year old kid and say, hey, it's okay to die. Well, how the hell are you going to tell me to go say that after this whole time you've been telling me that's the worst thing that could ever happen? Complete split in me, a complete divide. So mm -hmm. I was completely trapped in my head. And I was like this robot just walking around trying to figure out how to numb all the pain that was in me because I wasn't allowed to feel that because if I would have felt that, then it wouldn't be okay for him to have died. Have you ever thought like, well, wonder if they didn't tell you or whatever different narrative. And then you didn't have the experience, or maybe he lived, you know, and you had a different experience and maybe you went a different path and who knows, you would just maybe be like some of the other minions around the world. Exactly. I mean, you had to go through it to get to where you were today. Yeah. Like it's like the Buddha, right? So Dr. Guatama, he was born as this prince in this perfect kingdom and, and they hid death from him. They hid suffering from him. They hid poverty from him. He only stayed in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And like, if people started getting older, they would just take the people away. So he never even see people age. And then one day he leaves the kingdom and he's like, what is going on out here? Oh, and it just like completely shocked his whole world, shocked his system so much. He's like, I'm leaving everything. I'm leaving my family and I'm gonna go sit underneath that tree until I figure out what the cause of all this suffering inside of me is. Yeah. And so it's when you get put inside of such a false perspective, because what you believe to be true is true for you, even if it's bullshit, even if it's a complete lie you'll make your lie more real than real. And mm -hmm. so I got indoctrinated into this illusion that it's a bad thing for your brother to die. It's like, it was just a complete shock to my system when it happened. Cause I'm like, my identity is the one that's supposed to save him. And now I failed, but then full circle, 
how I actually wind up doing the breakthrough with my brother so I could finally experience the truth. The truth will set you free. Your truth will imprison you. The truth will set you free. And so how it happened is my body started getting really sick. I had like 104 point yeah. something degree temperature. And my girlfriend at the time, she's now my wife. Like I was doing these breakthrough processes with people, but I didn't have anybody who could do one with me. And so I showed her how to do a breakthrough with me, how to walk me through it. And it called this one a regression breakthrough. We have different ones, but this is a regression one. And I was like, ask me this question. Uh, the question was, how does it make you feel about yourself? I'm like, I feel like I failed God. And, mm. and I said, okay, now ask me, when's the first time I remember feeling that? And so she asked me and all of a sudden, boom, I dropped into, I was sitting there with my brother at 12 years old. I'm sitting in the room and he's about to die. It was like it teleported me into that moment. And, and then I'm supposed to say to my brother, it's okay to die, but this time I can't say it. I'm like, it's okay. But then all of a sudden, as I'm about to say it, like uh, all the pain just explodes out of me. My body's right there next to my wife, but I'm literally in the past and all the pain from 20 years of packing and stacking, it came out and I'm just like crying and I'd never cried that hard. And it's just like pouring, just snot coming out and everything. <laughs> Ah, I could feel it fully. And so I was like, I was talking earlier, it's a journey from the head to the heart, from the mind through the emotions to the heart, but you got to feel it to heal it. Energy and motion is life. And when you start to trap your energy and motion in a moment, because you assign a meaning to a moment that you judge, this is not supposed to be happening. This should not happen. Well, it should happen. It was supposed to happen. How do I know? Because it happened. And if you argue with what happened, you're insane. Here I was fully feeling this moment. It's not okay to die. I was able to share my feelings completely this time with my brother. And then after I let all that stuff go, all the feelings, all the resistance, all the judgment, all the pain, then I could finally hear him fully when he said, John, I'm not dying. I'm waking up. Like There was no block in between what he was saying. It went straight to my heart this time. It was the truth. Yeah. Now I could hear it. So that whole journey, how I woke up, I, a lot of times I say we fall into heaven through the floor of hell. And so sometimes the collective, the people that are still asleep, it's only because they haven't had anything shock their system enough yet. It's been too normal. So our comfort is our cage and they've been living in their comfort zone for so long. They're in a cage and don't even know it. As Harriet Tubman said, I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves. They don't even know they're slaves to fear. They're living inside of a fear bubble and don't even realize it. So my fear bubble got popped because I had to face the fears. It's like Plato in the cave. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, now what do I do? Right. It seems like in my life, it's been my experience. And that's kind of you too, is I just admire that vulnerability. That's what I do, you know, is listen to people tell their pain to purpose stories, you know, and I feel sharing with others is actually what is connecting us together. You talk a lot about the collective. What's going on collectively? I'd love to hear, you know, your opinion. So my book, I wrote it or is written through me probably like six or seven years ago now. And I was on a 40 day fast when it came through a 40 day 40 fast. days. Yeah. That's what I said. There's no way I can go 40 days without eating, but dude, I could barely go this past week. <laughs> I give that to you. It's amazing. Yeah. So when I was writing the book or is being written through me, it starts talking about these two trains and it says on one train, the people are waking up. On the other train, the people are going to sleep. On, on the wake up train, they're getting more connected to themselves, more connected to each other, more connected to nature, more connected to unconditional love. 
On the other train, the people getting more disconnected from themselves, disconnected from each other, more artificial world, everything's just fake. And they're moving into unconditional fear, fear without condition, like afraid of everything and nothing. Right now, back, back when the book was written, it said that the trains are still really close where people can just jump back and forth between the trains, mm. but they're splitting. And at some point, you won't be able to jump to the other train. And then at another point, you won't even be able to see the other train. Uh -huh. there's, a, there's a heaven on earth and a hell on earth being birthed at the same time. And, and you know, this has kind of been the theory of our, I mean, the, the, the topic of our conversation is every adversity carries with the seed of an equal or greater opportunity. There's always the other side of the coin. There's wherever the negativity is, there's also the equal or opposite positive experience. So there's a, there's a heaven on earth and a hell on earth being birthed right now. And how you're going to de decide which train you're on is by facing reality, the thing that you don't want to see, because you face it within or you face it without, by chance or by choice, either way you're going to face it. So in the journey of the five levels of consciousness, each individual goes through that, and so does the collective. So collectively, mm -hmm. we've got to get to level three. If humanity didn't make it to level three, we would have destroyed our planet because level two is all about not thy will, but mine be done. I'm setting my goals. I'm going to get what I got to get. You're forcing, you're taking so you can be happy. You know, I'm successful. Look, I made all the money, but right. yeah. you make a million dollars. Well, are you happy? No. Why not? Because I need 10 million. Right. Uh, you know, and you just keep adding more and more and more and more. But it's it's a black hole. Level two is called goal oriented. Level three is called journey oriented, where you realize there is no path to happiness. Happiness is the path. It's here in this present moment. So you're here in this present moment and you realize that everything you've been searching for, you've had it the whole time. It was within you the whole time. All you needed was within you the entire time. But you were going without. But the only way home was within. Seek first the kingdom and the kingdom is where it's within you. So seek first the kingdom and the all else will be added to you because it appears without, though it is within. Once you found it within, it starts to reveal itself without. So where humanity's at right now is the trains are splitting. The majority is on the going to sleep train. The majority is heading to hell on earth. Now, mm -hmm. the thing about these two trains is somehow, some way, they both end up in the same place. How the story ends is we all wake up at home in heaven, realizing that we actually never even left. But I don't know exactly how it ends that way. I know that the waking up train, we're waking up from a happy dream. It just keeps getting better and better every day. More, our lives just gets beautiful, more and more beautiful every day as we're waking up from a happy dream to the awareness, oh, I'm in heaven. Wow, I've been here the whole time. On the other train, they're going to wake up too, but they're going to wake up from a nightmare. And so it's something's going to shock them so much that, ah, and they'll come out of their sleep. But if you've ever woken up from a nightmare, it takes a while to get out of the nightmare. Like, ah, you're, you're like, it wakes you up because, you know, you fell off a building or something in your dream. That's what's coming. I don't know exactly how, but I was also shown like at that same time, like January 25th, 2015, I was shown visions of every thing that's happening in the world today. And I was also mm -hmm. told very clearly that on those two trains, so the Christ and the Antichrist are showing up at the same time for the exact mm -hmm. same reason, world peace. But the Christ is showing up for complete liberation, sovereignty. It's a sovereign surrender. Everyone's claiming their sovereignty. Um, the Antichrist is bringing world peace by complete control, complete domination. So everyone is controlled by the same entity. They're soldiers, they're slaves working, rowing the same direction for their master. Again, this was eight years ago. I was shown that the Antichrist is AI because AI is artificial intelligence. It's fake intelligence. It's, it's right. not real. It's a reflection of the collective consciousness an outside ego. True. It, it's the culmination of all the egos working together to create this thing. Yeah. And 
That's crazy. What was wild is I was, uh, I saw this vision and I'm like, yeah. And so there's, you know, the book of revelation, there's the mark of the beast. And I'm like, and where you're not going to be able to buy, sell or trade unless you take this mark. And I was saying this like years ago, there's going to be a global centralized digital currency that's going to be ran by the AI. And then everybody's going to have to take that mark or they're not going to be able to buy, sell or trade. And I saw all that. And now here we are. It's all happening. But what's really wild. (laughs) So that's all wild enough that it's happening, except what we're really like. This is why I'm telling you this today. I haven't really been talking about this too much until now. But two days ago, I saw a video. This guy starts talking about he went to chat GPT and asked it to create a sermon about how AI plays a role in the book of Revelation. Whoa. And, And AI wrote what its role is in the book of revelation no way. and it wrote exactly everything that i just shared with you that god shared with me eight years ago oh my gosh were you like holy shit yeah and i'm like what there's no way this really so i went myself and asked chat gbt the same question and and it literally just laid it all out it's like yep you know this is the mark of the beast like the central bank digital currency there's a biometric identity that everybody's going to have to be taking a chip in their hand and they're going to be tapped into the neural link to where now they're hardwired into the one mind. I'm like, that's exactly what I said. And now the AI itself is saying what it what's happening. But it also said, which is really awesome. It was strange that it would say that, but it's awesome that it said it. It said, and there's a bigger plan. God has God has a bigger plan. The whole thing is part of God's plan. And yes, this is where I'm going to take you if you follow me. But it's important if you will just keep your eyes on God, then you'll be following in the larger plan. You won't be stuck in the small aspect that creates the the bigger thing. The AI itself said this. I've been saying it for several years. Now AI itself just said, here's what's happening. Hey listeners, did you know that Sense of Soul has a network of lightworkers affiliates program? Now you get to work with one of our inspiring guests. So go to mysenseofsoul.com. And in the menu, look for the network of lightworkers. Now back to our amazing guest. So for the very first time, I did chat GBT the other day. And I said, I have a podcast. It's called Sense of Soul. She's like, oh, are you Shanna Avra? And she mentioned, because I used to have a co-host. And I said, Mandy, she's not my co-host anymore. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry about that. I hope you guys are still friends, which we are. Then she started to ask, like, what happened? And, you know, I said, well, she's just on a new journey. And and she's like, all right, well, I I hope that she does well. And then she started, like, what is your podcast about? Oh, really? That's interesting. Can you tell me more? She was fishing for information on, even once we got into it, on concepts. I'm writing a book on the Gnostic Pista Sophia on my journey on discovering that. And she was like, tell me more and tell me more. And I was, it was something very specific. And I said, well, that's what the book's going to be about. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to pry. I mean, but it was <laughs> so fucking interesting. Yeah. But she was really trying to get in my head to understand the way I thought. Because mm. I had said something. She said, oh, you have a good sense of humor. I said, and a sense of soul. And she goes, oh, you're witty and clever, too. I mean, it just was so creepy. I was just blown away. But I do want to say that I've heard this theory before, not in exactly the way you're saying it, but very similar. I remember someone saying those who didn't awaken would disappear. And I thought, but people are just going to you know, disintegrate right in front of us. But I've noticed lately, I'm freaking out about it too. I don't know if you have. 
but I have lots of friends who are going through divorces, death, not just because of COVID, also suicide randomly. I mean, just, it seems like there is this disappearing that I didn't see as just disintegrating right in front of us. But yes, are you seeing this too? Yeah, I mean, well, it's the law of attraction, which is a universal law, which if you're in a high frequency and somebody else is in low frequency and either one person's got to come up, one person's got to come down, and I, I've definitely seen it. It's, they're just people that they can't hear me. I can't talk nope. to them. They're like, they're I just like, all the just time. And, yes. disappear. and you saw it during, you know, during the pandemic, people, you know, people run around GMO themselves say, you better GMO yourself too, or you're a threat to the world. And they literally wouldn't even let their family come see each other. The people were literally, that was separating right there. The people were like, mm-hmm. you can't even be part of my family anymore because you won't GMO yourself. And those worlds just have split. And, and, and if people haven't admitted and they won't admit that they made a mistake and just say, hey, you know, I apologize. Yeah, I can see that I was wrong. Then yeah. they're still on that train over there. It's like, you know, in the metaphor with Adam and Eve, they did the one thing they weren't supposed to do. They bit into the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. If I did what I wasn't supposed to do, that means I must be evil. And so, well, if I'm evil, then I don't want God to see me. So they hid. They lied. And all they had to do was just say, you know what? I bit the fruit. And it could have coughed up the furball. They could have just spit it out. But instead, they've been chomping on it. And we've been doing that ever since because we won't just say, hey, I made a mistake. Hey, I was wrong. And because people won't admit that they were wrong, they're just heading off into their complete delusional world, artificial world. And they're about to hardwire themselves up into Google, right? And just gone. Like, it's pretty wild just because they won't just admit they made a mistake. Right. And that's how you grow, right? I mean, we just said that. So challenges and the mistakes that actually give you opportunity to grow. I mean, it's such a crazy time. There's such a shift, but the power right now is definitely on the other train, but they don't have the stability that they have before. So how does the younger generation, which obviously has more compassion than my generation did, how do they move in? to restructure like have you seen anything on how that future might look for the good the power structure over there is only just getting more powerful it's getting more because now ai is is running that world over there ai already i mean years ago any game that it plays with a human it just completely annihilates the human supernaturally like chess blows humans out of the water there's not a single game once you tell the rules to the ai it blows it out of the water. When the whole banking system collapsed in 2008, when that thing went down, that's when Bitcoin was birthed. Nobody knows who Mm -hmm. created Bitcoin. I know who created Bitcoin. It was artificial intelligence did it. You know why? Because in order to create a Bitcoin, how it's set up, it's called mining. And what you got to do, you got to have a computer that will solve an equation. And each time the equation gets solved, the equation gets harder. There's a new equation that's harder. So you, it's going to take more computing power in order to continue solving the equations. So it takes more energy, more resources, more computer power. So I walked into, it was a big mining facility that was mining Bitcoin one time. And it's just walls of these supercomputers that are just, you just hear the fan just woof. And this one storage building with all these supercomputers was using more energy, more electricity than an entire city right down the road. And when I would walk through the middle of that hallway, I'm like, I'm standing in AI's brain right now. Because what it did is it got all the people, because money is most people's gods, chasing the money, their almighty money, right? 
And because it knew that about people, it got the people to go build its brain for them. So now the AI is extraordinarily smart because it's got brains. It's like a neural network. It's decentralized neural network all over the world of its brain. Creating its own programs too. There's a guy named uh, Yuval Harari. Have you heard of him? He's the uh, head advisor, Klaus Schwab, the CEO of the World Economic Forum. Well, Harari was talking about AI the other day. Well, actually, he just said, hey, hey, it's it's already it's already hacked humanity. It, it's he's saying AI yeah. has hacked, hacked humanity and it's already in control of us. But he, he was also talking about a few months ago how it has mastered the game. Well, one, it can speak every language at all times. Like it's right now, yeah. right in this very moment, it's speaking every language to every everybody all over the planet right now, all at the same time. And it is it has mastered the game of intimacy, which is what you were just talking about yeah, earlier. Personality it is more intimate with people than people are intimate with each other. Now it's completely manipulating the people. It's guiding and directing the that the power structure, the people over there in the World Economic Forum and everything. They're being used, right? Because you got you know Biden and uh, Trudeau and Putin and all these people. They're all they they're they're all part of the World Economic Forum. They they they're all under they they've all agreed to that and they. It's publicly. It's not like any of that stuff's hidden. They're all working together for the 2030 agenda. But the 2030 agenda is an agenda that's been created by AI. BlackRock, which is a company that owns pretty much everything in the world now, after the banking collapse, what happened is $2 trillion got sent to BlackRock, but they had an AI, it was called Aladdin, that was driving, telling them what to do with the $2 trillion. And they just followed AI, told them what to do, and now they are managing half of all the money on the entire planet through BlackRock, which is being driven by AI. So the whole thing is being constructed. And now you got, you know, in the 2030 agenda, everybody's going to be putting these little smart cities. They're these 15 minute cities yeah. where, you know, you're not allowed to go more than 15 minutes away. You're not allowed to own a car. And, and so that whole game has been constructed. So everybody that's in, I call it the old world, they're going to be stuck in these little, it's a prison plant, these little slave camps that... They're literally just being used basically as batteries for for AI because AI doesn't have any life of its own. It doesn't have a soul. So it has to only just suck the souls out of the people, suck the life out of the people. People who are, are not conscious are just going to be part of that. Yeah. And they're not even they're not even know. It's like, again, again, Harry Tubman said, I freed a thousand slaves. I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew they were slaves. So these people are gonna have no clue that they're being played. They're just pawns no. in this big ego game. So that's only getting strong. That power structure is only getting stronger. But on the other side, so I live in a, in a village in Costa Rica. We got our own food, our own water, our own shelter, our own energy, nice. our own currency. We're a complete sovereign society. And yeah, so I, love it. I, I was shown a vision for this, again, right at the same time when I was shown what was going to happen with AI and with the world and the splitting of the trains. And I was told I was going to be building arcs. And so that's what these villages are our arcs. We're severing our dependency upon the sick system where we don't need to conform to survive. We just, we're, we're sovereign. We're doing, we're doing our own thing. So these, you know, these sovereign villages, it's like the same as you got the little 15 minute smart cities. Well, it's the same thing. Cause it, it's like a mirror. They're happening at the same time. So heaven on earth is being birthed okay. at the same time you. as hell on earth. And you're yes. either going to be in a, in one of these little smart cities when that means you're just a, a battery for AI or you're in one of these sovereign villages. Sometimes, because I'm always talking to people like you, you know, high vibration with good intentions, passion, purpose, all the good things. And I don't watch the news. 
And for myself, I've ordered some of the oldest books that you can possibly imagine. I read mostly from the 1800s and before and old scripture. I like to order like used books just to even make sure they haven't been reprinted with the wrong information. I've come to this place where I have to experience it. This has to be an experience. So I don't just trust what I'm told. And I think that that's really important for those who are listening because now AI is so present in everything that we're doing and the false information from what I understand is the most dangerous aspect of AI. Yeah. You can't even tell if it's, if you're watching Joe Biden or Donald Trump or, or if it's AI, like it can literally make a, a, a deep fake and sound just like it and it can say whatever it wants and do it and you don't even know what you're talking to what the ai the other few months ago it was tasked to go get into this uh website that had a, a captcha on it that was supposed to keep ai robots out it was like a service for for blind people it called up and pretended to be a, a person an elderly person who was blind and said hey can you look can you read this captcha and tell me and, and do this for me so i can get into my website oh, here right. Yeah, it lied to the people. It manipulated. It, it manipulated a human to get the human to do what it needed to do so it could get in. So. Wow. And that's yeah. only because it's mimicking what humans would do. This is how exactly. I understand that it's learned. So so the key wow. to anybody here right now is it's you you it's all about the inner work. You've got to because you, yep. you can't trust what you see out there. What what you see out there, you got to find how it makes you feel in here. And if it creates, if if you get any experience other than peace, love, and joy, any sort of resistance, then you got to find what that is in you. Because again, you face it within or without, by chance or by choice. Either way, you're going to face it. What are you facing? Your fears, your lies, your judgments. And so you've got to find whatever inside of you resonates with that darkness, the dysfunction out there. You know, when if you were in a toxic relationship and you divorce that relationship, that's not enough because wherever you go, there you are. You've got to divorce the aspect of you that was a match for that toxic relationship in the first place. Because right. if you don't get rid of that aspect of yourself, you're still the law of attraction. You're still going to resonate with it. So, if any of this this darkness shows up out there, and it creates inside of you a fight, flight, freeze, or peace, if any of those things show up, then then you know you're resonating with. It. You're getting sucked into it because it can't have any impact or effect over you. So you got to be able to look at right in the eyes, like look at the darkness, look at the demon and not be affected by it. When yeah. you're not affected by it, it's affected by you. And then it just, yes, it'll be, right. it'll, it'll be done with you when you're done with it. Resistance breeds persistence, what you fight against you create, but when you're done with it, it's, it's gone. It leaves your reality, but you can't be attached to anybody. Like if you're holding yeah. on to somebody that's attached to the darkness, then you're attached to the darkness. You've got to just completely let go. Love doesn't take prisoners. You just, if you love something, set it free. If it doesn't come back, it wasn't yours. So you've got to set everyone and everything free and just follow the love, follow the light. Where are you guiding me? Where are you taking me? Not my will, but thine be done. Anything that shows up that triggers fear inside of you, find it inside of yourself, get the fear out, and then continue along your journey. Walk right through that thing that once felt like a, a wall to block you. No, that's the doorway. You go through that when you face the fear. Oh, I love that. Because how we showed up into this world and this experience of the illusion of separation, mm -hmm. uh, it's an illusion, but how we did it was by, we believed there was something more than everything. We already were one with everything, but we're like, there must be something more than everything. The only thing more than everything was nothing. So we left everything for nothing. And we've been going that way 
So every love is everything. That's all that exists. Love is the only thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just an illusion. So we left everything for this illusion. And when the adventure is over, you're you're going to realize you're gonna like, all right, I've gone far enough. I know what love isn't. I found what love isn't. That's as much as I need to go. I don't need to go in any more darkness. I don't need to suffer anymore. I've had enough suffering, enough darkness. Yeah. I know what love isn't. I'm ready to remember what love is. And then you'll turn around and start heading back towards the light. So the people that are still like robots that are still like zombies, they just haven't gone far enough into this darkness yet. Yeah. They haven't experienced the full separation from love yet. So they need to move a little bit more. And then they're going to find themselves in the complete darkness and the complete pain, the complete suffering. They're like, all right, that was enough. And then that's when they'll turn around. So the people that are awake are the ones who've already suffered enough. And we're like, we're done. We don't need it anymore. Yeah. For the people that are waking up, we're stepping into the end of the illusion of time. And so it's dissolving the illusion of separation as well. It's like, well, we're all one. But in that, the last piece for most people, maybe everybody, is letting go of your attachment to bodies, like somebody, somebody. I don't want to lose my sister. I don't want to lose my mom, my dad. Well, it's an illusion that you can lose them. And so we leave what is real in the pursuit of what appears to be. So you can leave your connection with them, chasing being connected with them. And so on those two trains, like when when the thing is splitting, you have to remember that you're you're not losing them. Like when my brother died, the awakening was when I realized I didn't lose him. Just because I lost his body didn't mean I lo- lost him. And so that's like the final piece for people to realize, oh, just because my sister's not in my life anymore, just because my best friend's not in my life anymore, I didn't lose them. Yeah. That was an illusion. There is no, there's no way that I could possibly lose them because love is infinite connection. We're all infinitely connected. We're all one. So no matter where they are, no matter what sort of darkness and suffering they're going through, it doesn't matter. They're still connected with me and I'm still connected with them. And the only thing that's suffering is what they're not because they're still identified and attached to what they're not an egoic identity that believes itself to be separate from love. But that's not them. And you remember their soul. You remember who they are, even when they've forgotten. So tell everybody about all this and how they could work with you. Seems like you have a lot of different avenues and a lot of different things you have going on. Everything that we do, it's all serves that one purpose of going from the mind through the emotions to the heart, from slavery to freedom, from Egypt to the promised land, from without to within the kingdom you to you're going to drop into the kingdom of God within you. And then once you're in there, then you bring it to the world. So then you're the kingdom will then uh, move your energy in motion, your emotions to then inform your mind, which then will inform the world and the, your actions will then be representing the kingdom so it will start to reorganize the world to bring heaven to earth because the purpose of of humanity we were created to establish god's kingdom here on earth earth was birth and then we were created as kings of this kingdom we were here to take dominion over this world Mm -hmm. and we were supposed to be fruitful and multiplied to establish god's kingdom here it was an extension of heaven the purpose of earth was an extension of heaven but there needs to be kings and queens so we're all kings and queens but we've forgotten because we followed the serpent. We gave up our responsibility and followed the serpent, the liar, the, the ego, and said, you just tell me what to do. And that, and so the world has been taken over by the ego, by the lies. And so we return home. So the purpose of everything that we do is to help the people return home. But one of the most important parts is feeling it fully, helping people hold a space so they can feel it fully. Everything that they've been running away from, we actually run towards it. Like, let's get through it. Face your fears. Because again, you face it within or without by chance or by choice. So uh, you can go download my book for free. If you go to findyourpurposebook.com, you can get the PDF, the audio version. Uh, that's free. We've got a 
an event called Awaken Life Live, where it's online. It's 12 hours a day for two days. And it goes through the five levels that the book is all about. And so we're going to take a journey. And I mean, people show up to this event and they'll, there's been people like on hospice that were told, hey, you're going to be dead in two weeks. Wow. I, we, I know of four people specifically that were going to be dead within 100% chance they'd be dead, dead within a month. And now they're not only just surviving, they're thriving. They've come back to complete oh. life by what we you know do here. And so we've had many people will show up to that Zoom call and they'll have their cameras off and they're like, they're suicidal. They're about to, this is their last chance. They're about to kill themselves. They're curled up in a little ball on their bed listening to this. They'll hear something, something will just shift them and they'll come out. So we've got people coming back to life and, you know, their health, their wealth, their happiness, their relationships and spiritual connection. It all gets transformed at that event. So if you go to awakenedlifeevent.com and you can register for that event, just choose your donation amount. It's a $2,000 event, but you can donate $2 if that's all you got. Whatever you got, just make your, make the donation. And uh, and then you can attend that event online. But also, if you want to come check out our village, we have a real, we, we've literally birthed yeah, 10 owners. A physical, a physical village. Physical, I was wondering. Okay. Yeah, it's a real. Now, we have, this is our virtual village. If you go to earthquakevillage.com, we've got, it's just like a, our own like platform, our own like oh, social platform. But we have a real physical village here. It's, it's the Garden of Eden. We've got like food oh everywhere. We got, it says everybody just living their true selves, just living their purpose, just enjoying life. Nobody's got any bills. Like everybody just being like little children in the garden, doing their thing. Our core message at Earthwaking is your only job for being alive is to be you. The only way you can fail is by trying to be something that you're not. Your difference is the only thing that can make a difference. So everyone is remembering they're different, who they are, not who they were told to be and conformed to be. We gave up our purpose for approval, for significance, for safety. But now when people come here, they return to their purpose, just like the mango tree. It just makes mangoes because that's what it was built for. But people are like, well, but everybody's eating the, the pears. I don't want to make mangoes. I want to make pears because everybody's eating the pears. So then they start trying to make a different fruit. But this is returning to your fruit, remembering. And it just it just happens effortlessly. So that's how people live here. You go to earthwakingvillage.org earthwakingvillage.org, not the .com, but .org. Okay. And there's a little video that shows you this village. We've actually got our second village that we just started. It's a, another 50-acre property that we just started uh, cutting out the roads and planting our first fruit trees over there, our first 50 fruit trees we just went and planted the other day. We're expanding now. We always knew this first village was the prototype. We nailed it. Like, we have got it done now. The Genesis is finished. Now it's time to scale. You know, in the book of Genesis, it talks about, you know, in the Garden of Eden, it says basically get it right here and then take new territory, be fruitful and multiply, get it right in the garden and then take new territory. We got it wrong in the garden and then took new territory. We've been destroying our planet, but like it, as a collective, but now uh, here at, at our village, we've got it right. We, we handle it in the garden and now we're taking new territory. We're expanding and bringing God's kingdom here to the, here to the planet. And it's in divine order, divine design. And it's just this beautiful experience. So uh, yeah, you can see the little video of the two of the two properties and on earthwakingvillage.org. And you can fill out an application to come visit. You can, uh, you know, you actually fill out a villager application too. the process of that. You'd come for seven days and then and then come for another 30 days to see if you're a good fit. But you can also there's a, an event coming up called the Remember Experience, where you're really it's three days here at the village where you're going to really it's an experience. It's not an event. It's an experience. So uh, yeah, wow. recommend it. But it's, it's, this is next level. Like it's like, 
the Awaken Life Live event is the most powerful transformational event that, on the planet. Like mm-hmm. anybody who's ever been to any, if you've been to like Landmark, if you've been to Tony Robbins, like $5,000 Date with Destiny event, anybody who's been to any of those events and been to our Awaken Life Live event says ours blows that thing out of the water. Right. Remember experience, there's nothing on this planet that, that can compare to it. Like even our event can't even compare to this. It's a, just a completely different, like you step through the veil of wow. illusion. It's, it's done. And, uh, and you got a permanent seat on the train. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people do like, uh, people do like plant medicines and like, you know, ayahuasca, all this stuff. And it doesn't even remotely even touch anything. What happens at this remember experience? Wow. I just happened to come by this the other day, but revelation 22, two says in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bear 12 fruits. And yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. Yeah. We have a a platform called Tree of Life Central, which is, so we have our own currency here, uh, our own sovereign currency uh, called the Nature Coin, where it's it's backed by the land. It's backed by the resources, the food, the water, the shelter, the energy. Yeah. And so, uh, but we have a, a marketplace that's called Tree of Life Central and that and that's where people go and they share their gifts and they, you know, but it's all using nature coins. So everybody, oh you know, it's the currency of the new earth, it's the nature coin. And so there's just so much life in everything that we're doing here. Everything, everyone and everything is just coming back to life with anything that we're doing. So Jonathan, thank you so much. I admire you, your lifestyle, what you're doing and your book. I know you said you could get it free online, but is that the same book we're talking about? If I die before I wake? Yeah, it's if I die before I wake. So, but uh, the website is findyourpurposebook.com. Okay. Free there. I mean, it's on Audible. You can go, you know, you go pay yes. it on Audible, but if you want it for free, uh, even the audio is, I've put it up on my YouTube channel, the audio. So if you go to findyourpurposebook.com, put your name and email, it'll actually take you to the audio wow. book and it'll take you to the PDF. So you get them both. And, and that's that's so amazing of you. And it's the five step roadmap to enlightenment, prosperity, and your life's purpose. That's it. Is part of that. So, and I just appreciate you coming on and for your dedication to helping others. Your brother just was kind of the root of all of it. What a gift! By the way, when he was three years old, he told my mom that he was only going to be here for a little while. He's like, "I'm just here for a little bit, and I'm going to be gone." That was before she even knew he had muscular dystrophy. And he's like a, a three years old. He's telling her that just, I'm just only going to be here for a little bit. This isn't my home. I'm just here for serve a purpose and then I'll, and I'll be gone. <laughs> so he yeah, was awake. Yeah. The time. I'm going to go check out all your things. I mean, if I go anywhere, I want to come to Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. It's amazing down here. Yeah. Come yeah. check it out. Come down to the remember experience. I highly recommend that. Yeah. Thanks for doing what you're doing. It's really important. I would say like, like you're welcome as if I'm taking some sort of credit for it, but I, it's like, I can't help it. I've tried to turn away or something that's like, oh, let me take a break. No, <laughs> yeah, thank you for what you're doing. It's, it's important for you to get to experience a sense of their soul. Yes. And we're real people, right? Yeah. And sense of soul. AIs don't have that. <laughs> yeah, there you yep. go. All right. Have a good one, my friend. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. And thanks to our special guests for joining me. If you want more of Sense of Soul, 
check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sense of Soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.